Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. On behalf of Pastors David and Nicole Binion, thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church. Now, let's listen to today's message. Y'all ready? How many have got all your shopping done? How many haven't even started your Christmas shopping yet? (laughs) Awesome. Well, you still have time. It's December the 10th. You have um, 15 days. Is that right? 14 days, really. Also, this week, this Friday, December the 15th, is a very special day in our family. Our youngest son, Carson David Binion, turns 15 on the 15th. It's his golden birthday this Friday. Yes, and uh, so it's pretty cool. We've got big plans to celebrate, don't we, Carson? Yes, we do. And it involves getting out of school a little early, so he's very excited about that. Um, This is a beautiful, beautiful season, and um, so I want to talk about Christmas and Advent, um, I'm going to, well, that's kind of my introduction, but really I'm going to be talking about waiting on the Lord, waiting on the Lord, the title of my message. You could finish this phrase for me. It might be trite, but it is true, and as we open the scriptures tonight, we will find out even more how true it is, but you can finish this for me. You ready? Good things come to those who... Yes, good things come to those who wait. Um, So I have some news to break to you, um, in case you didn't know. This is a wobbly table tonight. Um, Jesus was not born on December 25th. (laughs) Gasp. Um, I'm sorry if you're finding that out for the first time, but um, I was actually researching this week as I was just kind of studying Advent. And, um, you know, those of us who have been raised in spirit-filled um, Pentecostal churches. We didn't really talk about Advent at Christmas time. Um, and I remember many years ago when David and I lived in Nashville, Tennessee, we were attending, we were traveling full-time in ministry, but our home church was a non-denominational spirit-filled church, but they were talking about Advent at Christmas time, and I had never heard of Advent before. And they were lighting candle a candle every week, you know, for each week of Advent. There's four weeks of Advent. And I was like, what kind of weird stuff are they into here? (laughs) I had no idea. We didn't, you know, know anything about uh, liturgical traditions um, in the church I grew up in. We didn't talk about that. Um, But this is a season of Advent. So I'm going to talk a little bit about, I'm going to just set this up. So let's go. Why was December 25th? Does anyone know why December 25th was chosen to commemorate the birth of Jesus? Uh, You do? (laughs) Um, I'm kind of a nerd, so I like to, you know, dive in and really kind of, so I hope I don't bore you with a little history. Y'all know every time I speak, there's going to be a little history lesson in there. Um, But uh, for the first three centuries of Christianity's existence, the birth of Jesus was not celebrated at all. His death and resurrection was remembered and celebrated because the date, of course, coincided with Passover. And so that was a date that was known. 
But the first official mention of December 25th as a holiday honoring Jesus's birthday appears in an early Roman calendar from AD 336. And the church in Rome began formally celebrating Christmas on December 25th in AD 336 during the reign of the Emperor Constantine. Isn't this interesting? Are you encouraged in the Lord? Um, As Constantine had made Christianity the effective religion of the empire, some have speculated that choosing this date, December 25th, had the political motive of weakening the established pagan celebrations. The pagan celebrations were held during the December solstice. And so it made sense that the birth of Christ would replace these pagan celebrations for the Christian because the December solstice marked the darkest day of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. So the coming of the light of the world made a lot of sense in so much darkness. Isn't that beautiful? So in the early centuries of the church, the celebration of Advent arose as a result of this fixed dating of Christmas on December 25th. Most celebrations of Advent in history had a double focus. The Latin word Adventus was the translation of the Greek word parousia, which is a word used for both the coming of Christ in human flesh, the incarnation, the birth of Jesus, and his second coming. Advent always focused on both. We are not a people who merely look to the one moment that God broke into history, but we await his coming again in glory, anybody else, when the king's reign shall be on earth as it is in heaven. Amen? Dietrich Bonhoeffer once said, the Advent season is a season of waiting But our whole life is an Advent season. That is a season of waiting for the last Advent, for the time when there will be a new heaven and a new earth. So we await that day. And um, I'm so excited even about the, the project that we just recorded, the revelation of Jesus. I believe this is, um, for, you know, for many years, maybe the church hasn't spoken much about the, about the return of Jesus, but I believe that this is a season, this is a, uh, a time when um, the Lord is speaking to his bride again uh, to awaken, to purify ourselves and be ready um, with oil in our lamps for the return of King Jesus. Um, so, but we're gonna talk about waiting tonight, waiting on the Lord. As we remember the birth of the Messiah in that stable in Bethlehem, we look at scripture. And while we simply turn the page, I'm gonna go to Malachi. We just, it's just a little simple page turn from Malachi into the New Testament, into Matthew. But do you know that this, with this little page turn is 400 years of silence and waiting no word from the Lord, no prophets to speak 
400 years of silence. But then, at the appointed time, somebody say appointed time. Jesus came, the Messiah was born. I wanna read our first scripture tonight and really kind of my, hanging my hat on this scripture tonight. We are gonna read, you know I say this a lot around here, we need a revival in the church of just reading more scripture in our churches, amen? Um, and so let's, let's go to Galatians chapter four, verses four through, just four, verses four and five. Galatians chapter four, verses four and five. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law to redeem those who were under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. As we contemplate this time of remembering the arrival of the Savior into the world and as we wait expectantly for the glorious return of Christ, I can't help but think about the very personal times that I have waited on the Lord for a promise that he had spoken over our lives. You know, talking about the big picture waiting for the, the return of Christ, but I know probably every one of us in this room are waiting on the Lord. We're believing him for something. We are pressing in for something and, um, and he is faithful. We know that he is faithful but we must learn how to wait on the Lord. We must stay rooted in hope because we know that he is a God who delivers on his promises. Can I get a witness? So the question is not if we will wait on the Lord, but how we will wait on the Lord. Um, so as I was preparing my message, I was thinking of this and you know, I always have to share a Carson story when I speak. Um, so Carson, as I've just said, he's about to turn 15 and Carson has, um, met most of, you know, Carson, um, he, Carson is on the autism spectrum. He's being healed. He's from, Right. He's, uh, yeah, but he, always, he has these phrases that he'll say from time to time, and there's just always something new, and it's always hilarious, um, but this is, this is like his favorite phrase right now. Okay, you ready for it? He says, it took you long enough. <laughs> took you long enough. I could be, he'll be down, he'll get up in the morning getting ready for school and y'all, I make this boy eggs and pancakes almost every day before school. Um, so, but sometimes I sleep a little later and so I come in in just enough time to make him breakfast and y'all know what he says to me as soon as I walk into the kitchen. <laughs> Took you long enough, yes. Um, so let's not have the attitude with the Lord of it took you long enough. 
<laughs> it's funny when it comes from Carson, but that's not the kind of waiting, that's not the kind of waiter that we want to be, right? Um, Pastor David shared a meme last week talking about Advent, and he said, the, the meme said, according to my chocolate Advent calendar, there's only three days left until Christmas. Um, and sometimes we get like that with the Lord, right? We want to rush him in the process of what he's doing in our lives. We want, we want it to come faster. We want the, the deliverance to come faster, the answer to prayer uh, to come faster. And we must surrender to his process and to what he's doing in our lives. And just, you know, trust him and not, not have the took you long enough attitude. <laughs> So I looked up a few, uh, a couple definitions of the word wait. Because we normally, a lot of us, we have a negative connotation of what waiting is, what the word wait means. Um, we get impatient in the waiting. But here's what uh, Webster said. Wait means to look forward expectantly. Somebody say expectantly. To be ready and available. Oh, I like that. To be ready and available. To wait upon means to attend as a servant. To supply the wants of. So as we wait upon the Lord, this is not a passive waiting. This is an active waiting. So I'm going to read some scriptures, several scriptures uh, about waiting. Are y'all ready? This is kind of going to be like a rapid fire. Let's let's read the word of the Lord and what it says about waiting. Isaiah 40, verse 31. But they, y'all know this one, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Psalms chapter 27, verses 13 and 14. Oh, I love this. The psalmist says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Psalms 37, verse 7, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. I love this. Fret not yourself over the one who prospers in his way, over the man who carries out evil devices. Micah, chapter 7, verse 7, Micah said, but as for me, I will look to the Lord. I will wait for the God of my salvation. My God will hear me. Every time, my God will hear me. Lamentations chapter three, verse 25 says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. These are some beautiful promises spoken over those who wait on the Lord. Our strength will be renewed. 
God is good to us when we wait on him. God will hear me as I wait on him and as I call on him. He hears me and my strength will be renewed. Okay, so tonight we're gonna talk, I'm gonna share three, three points because, you know, three points because that's, that's how I do things. Okay, three points about waiting on the Lord. Y'all ready? Okay, the first thing is, taking notes, God works while we wait. God works while we wait. Isaiah 64, 4. From of old, no one has heard or perceived by the ear. No eye has seen a God besides you who acts for those who wait for him. We serve a God who, you know, he, when you open up the book of Genesis, God comes on the scene doing things. He knows how to do things. So many times we, you know, we want to take matters into our own hands and we think we have to do it for him. But God acts for those who wait for him. In John chapter 5, uh, verse 16 and 17, Jesus had healed the man at the pool of Bethesda on the Sabbath. And some people were not very happy about that, that he was healing on the Sabbath. This verse says, and this was why the Jews were persecuting Jesus, because he was doing these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them. I love this because he is announcing with what he's going to say right here. He is announcing, he, he is saying again, I am, I am God. <laughs> he says, my father is working until now and I am working. We work together, my father and me. We are one. So my father is working until now, and I am working. Romans 8, 28, we, most of us who have been in the house of the Lord for a while, we love this scripture, and I love this NIV translation, because it says it just the way I like to say it. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him who have been called according to his purpose. Some translations say all things work together, which that's fabulous. But I love this because in all things, God works. There is absolutely nothing that can surprise him. There is absolutely nothing that can catch him off guard, make him scratch his head. No, in all things, God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. Um, you know, I want to, I was thinking, thinking of just multiple testimonies. There are so many testimonies I could share about God working while David and I waited on the Lord. Um, that's the beauty of walking with the Lord for a long time, right? We can look back on our history with God. And let me just encourage you, if you are younger or if you have just um, began your journey with the Lord, man, Stay faithful, stay walking with him because you will see as time passes the beauty of his faithfulness to you. 
I just think about this church, you know, Dwell, we planted Dwell five years ago in September, we celebrated five years. And moving into our Bethany location and moving into this location, the doors that God opened, you know, David and I were determined that we are gonna pray and we're gonna trust the Lord, that we're not gonna try to, you know, we know so many pastors who become so burdened down, so stressed about buildings and, um, you know, what, what the next thing is gonna be. And we determined that we are going to, we're gonna pray and we're gonna trust the Lord and he's gonna do it. And I'm telling you, God has been so faithful to open the doors in his time as we have trusted him. God works while we wait. Makes me think of that song. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, never stop working. You can trust that while you are waiting on the Lord, he is working on your behalf. He is so good. Okay, number two. Number two, waiting. While we are waiting on God, we are waiting with God. He has not left you. There are some moments it may feel like that. Sometimes it's lonely in the waiting room. You've got to be aware. You've got to know. You've got to confess and and know in your heart that, that you are not alone, that he is with you. You are waiting with God. He is. This is the season where he came. God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. And when he ascended to go be with his father, he sent us the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of us. We are waiting with him. We're going to look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter 31, verse 6. This is Moses was talking to Joshua and to the Israelites as he was preparing them to enter the promised land. Moses knew he wasn't going to go in, but Joshua was going to lead the people in. It says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you or forsake you. He is with you. David wrote in the Psalms, Psalm 23, verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He is with you. Jesus promised his disciples as he ascended into heaven, Matthew 28, verse 20, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Sometimes, you know, it's like the song, um, let us become more aware of your presence. All it takes is you taking time to still yourself and become, turn your focus toward him. It's never him that has left us. But we must be intentional about turning our heart toward him, looking at him. And he is so close 
to us. He is with us. Um, I, I was recalling um, several years ago, uh, gosh, probably about 11 years ago, um, when uh, Carson was almost four years old and when we got the news that the, they wanted to test him for autism. And um, that was a really tough day for me, <laughs> it was a t- for us. Uh, it was a tough several months. Um, but I remember we had gone on a trip and we were on a ministry trip. We had flown from Dallas out to um, San Jose, California. And at the news that we received, I literally, I felt like I had just, and we felt like we were just, you know, punched in the gut um, and heartbroken. And David had actually just written a song um, called Here Waiting that says, don't be far from me, I'm here waiting on you. God, I'm not moving. I'm here waiting. And I remember they had just um, written it and had just a demo recording of just like the piano and vocal singing it. And I remember sitting in that hotel room, weeping before the Lord, just playing that song over and over. Knowing that what was such a difficult time for us as parents, that the Lord, as I turned to him and began to just pour out my heart to him and weep before him, he was there. He was with me. He came and he comforted me. Time and time again over those months as we were dealing with this particular situation, the Lord was so close. He is near to the brokenhearted. And his tears are, your, your tears are precious to him. <laughs> Scripture says he, he keeps them. David wrote in Psalms 56, verse 8, you keep track of all my sorrows. You have collected all my tears in your bottle. And you have recorded each one in your book. He is with you in your darkest night when you don't know what's happening. It could be a situation with a child. It could be a situation in your marriage. God is with you as you're waiting on God. You're not alone, but he is waiting with you. Number three, who we become while we wait is just as important, I would probably add maybe more important than what we are waiting for. Who we become while we wait is as important as what we are waiting for. As a follower of Jesus, we are becoming like him. You know, Jesus told his disciples, as he called them one by one, he said, follow me and I will make you. 
fishers of men. I will make you. Follow me and I will make you. Who you are becoming as you follow Jesus, as you are waiting on that thing you are believing God for, as you are waiting for your fullness of time, God is making you. As you lean into him, that's the important part. <laughs> You've gotta lean into him, trust him in all your ways. He is making you into the image of his son, Jesus. Second Corinthians 3.18. Paul says, and we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from one degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. We all, with unveiled face, beholding the glory of the Lord, we're being transformed into the same image. From glory to glory. Philippians 1 verse 6 says, and I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. He knows how to finish what he starts. Who we become while we wait. It's not about, you know that phrase, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. This is the goal of the Christian life, is to be like Jesus. Waiting on the Lord is not a passive activity. This waiting is about trusting him. That's really the question that he's asking us. Do you trust me? Man, sometimes... We gotta take a good hard look at our heart and go, man, I, I don't know if I'm really trusting the Lord in this situation. Back at the beginning of 2020, like before pandemic um, hit, we were kind of, we were walking through a season uh, with our daughter and um, Kareem, you can come on. Um, we were walking through a situation that we were contending um, for with her deliverance out of a relationship. <laughs> We've talked about this, all of our kids, you know, uh, pastor's kids, they, it's kind of like not really fair, all their stories get told. Um, <laughs> um, but she, she, she is good with us sharing this because the Lord has done such a beautiful work in her heart. But um, <laughs> that boy was poison. <laughs> um, but we, and so we were like in the middle of it. We were contending. And, and I think for a season, it's what we were supposed to do. We were kind of setting these boundaries and we were being, and then I remember the top of 2020, the Lord speaking to our heart and saying, take your hands off of this situation. Pray and trust me and believe in me, but take your hands off. 
And you know what? I think even by that time, that wasn't even hard to do because I, I was worn out. <laughs> this situation had kind of taken over my whole world. And I was like, you know, sometimes the Lord, he's so, he'll let us just get tired and kind of doing all the things to try to make it happen. And then we get so exhausted, we're like, okay, I can't do this anymore. God, I surrender. You take the wheel, Jesus, take the wheel. And, you know, it was probably a, so, a year and a half or so of just kind of an up and down roller coaster with this situation. But we continue just to trust the Lord and to just, and I'm telling you, God did such a beautiful work. You know, when he does the work, it is perfection. Do I trust the Lord? Am I submitted to where he is leading me? I heard this really cool story um, as I was studying this week about Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. Y'all know who Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers, the, the, the dancing duo of the last century. Fred Astaire was this phenomenal dancer professional dancer and Ginger Rogers, you know, was amazing, but I didn't know this. She actually was not a professional dancer, but she was Fred Astaire's favorite dance partner because she wasn't a professional. She, Ginger Rogers, let Fred Astaire lead her wherever he wanted her to go. She was his favorite dance partner because she let him lead her wherever he wanted her to go on the dance floor. And that is, that is the picture of trust. That is a picture of letting, it's kind of a cool picture. Next time you watch one of those old movies and Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers are dancing, you'll, you'll you know, think of this. That this is a picture of trusting the Lord and letting him lead our lives. Oh, that we would trust him as we wait on him. I wanna be receptive to what he's doing and saying to my heart. I wanna read this passage of scripture in the message, Romans 8, 22 through 28. I love this translation of this scripture. I shared this with our ladies a couple weeks ago when we had our gathering. We were talking about staying rooted in hope. And um, the worship team can come on up because we're gonna go into just a, a few moments of just singing and waiting on the Lord. Um, we've had such a beautiful time of worship tonight. And as we always do in this house, but... I'm grateful for Edwin and Zoe Zamora. Y'all, you, you'll be seeing them from time to time. They came, they've been leading some at our Dwell School of Ministry on Monday nights and doing some Friday noon prayers. And um, David and I just adore them and love what they carry. But I wanna read Romans 8, starting at verse 22 in the message. It says, all around us, we observe a pregnant creation. 
The difficult times of pain throughout the world are simply birth pangs. But it's not only around us, it is within us. The Spirit of God is arousing us within. We, we are also feeling the birth pangs. Anybody felt any birth pangs? Creation. <laughs> These sterile and barren bodies of ours are yearning for full deliverance. That is why waiting does not diminish us any more than waiting diminishes a pregnant mother. We are enlarged in the waiting. We of course don't see what is enlarging us, but the longer we wait, the larger we become and the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us, making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. Aren't you glad that the Holy Spirit knows how to do that, knows how to take those aching groans, the cries of your heart and turn them into prayer? He knows us far better than we know ourselves. He knows our pregnant condition and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. Do you get the picture of a pregnant mother expectant for the birth of her beautiful new baby? She's not saying, well, maybe she is by, you know, by the very end, maybe she's saying took you long enough, but, um, but with joyful expectancy, preparing her home, preparing her heart for this gift. That's how we are to wait. We, we get a front row seat to what God is gonna do in our lives and in the lives of those around us as we wait expectantly for the Lord. So while I'm waiting, God is working. While I'm waiting, God is with me. While I'm waiting, God is making me into the image of his son. Good things come to those who... Christmas is a story of longing fulfilled. That's why it gives us reason to celebrate the goodness and nearness of God in the midst of our waiting seasons as we struggle with our sense of silence and as we sometimes strain to seek God at work in our lives, Christmas urges us on by reminding us that God will come through on his promises. I'm gonna read the scripture I opened with, Galatians 4, verses four and five. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters. There is a fullness of time moment that God has prepared for you. So I just want you to be encouraged tonight to know, I don't, I don't know, you know, things may be just soaring along beautifully for you. And I'm so glad because we definitely, you know, but I, what I have found 
on is usually we have this mountaintop experience and this valley experience kind of going on at the same time. We have something really beautiful happening and we have something really difficult happening in our lives. So just be encouraged in this season that God's working on your behalf, that he is with you and that he is making you into a son and daughter of the King to reflect his image in the earth. Thank you for joining us today at the Dwell Church Podcast. For more information about Dwell Church, visit us at dwell.church.